The following is general advice only and should not be construed as accounting, legal, or any other professional advice. The details of your situation are fact-dependent and you are advised to seek the help of a competent professional. Gonna change, yeah, man, it's gonna change. In 2017, it ain't gonna be the same. You better take it now and become a CPA. Cause in a little while, things are really gonna change. Yeah, it's gonna change, yeah, man, it's gonna change. In 2017, it ain't gonna be the same. You better take it now and become a CPA. Cause in a little while, things are really gonna change. Yeah, it ain't easy now, but it'll be harder soon. 2017's We are back. Welcome back to another action-packed edition of CPA Review, the official podcast of Another71.com. As always, I am your humble host, Jeff Elliott, a licensed CPA in the state of Kansas, much to the chagrin of many. Happy Monday to you. Today is Monday, January 11th, 2016, our first podcast of the year. <laughs> I looked and our last podcast was like October 15th, <laughs> so this must be a quarterly thing we got going on. So, um... So we have two things going on right now. We have the audio version. So if you're listening to the podcast, um, you have no indication that um, I have not shaved since No Shave November. <laughs> so, well, I did a little bit, but I was starting to look homeless and getting questions about being in my building. But anyway, so uh, yeah, I got the uh, No Shave November still going on strong, so uh, my mom hates it. My wife loves it. So you know who wins that battle. On today's show, we are going to cover some CPA exam news. The 2016 CPA exam changes from a <clears throat> 30,000 foot view and also jump into your questions. So first, the news. Okay, the AICPA released the 2015 CPA exam pass rates and like they do every quarter. Some interesting things about that is that, well, they, they released the pass rates, but then the ninjas went back and looked at the pass rates since 2006. And some interesting things, BEC has increased 12 percentage points since 2006. So right now, uh, BEC's pass rate is around a, what, a 55 or 56? Is that right? Back in the day, it was like a 43? <laughs> it's got to be true if, if um, it was one of my bullet points. I probably should have looked at that more closely before uh, hitting the record button. But anyway, BEC has jumped up 12 percentage points. Yeah, it's like at a 56 right now. So it used to be a 44, 45, somewhere in there. That's interesting. Auditing is, auditing, auditing is kind of strange because if someone told me that they scored a 99 on the exam, on any particular exam, I would say, okay, it was auditing. And uh, most of the time that's true. Like I rarely see a 99 for regulation, uh, maybe one for BEC, maybe for FAR, but I'm not, I'm not surprised when I see someone score a 99 on auditing anymore. And usually if you see someone gunning for the Elijah Watts Sells Award, they have like a 99 on auditing and a 93 on BEC. And, but usually it's the auditing score that anchors that Elijah Watts Sells Award. Uh, but oddly enough, possibly ironically, um, auditing is also, also has the lowest pass rates typically. And, but this time auditing is actually up a little bit in Q4 and it's right on, right in there with FAR. So 
auditing scores <clears throat> came up. And the AICP also released the score release timeline for Q1. And it's basically the same timeline as last year. Just slap a 2016 on it and adjust for the weekend dates and whatnot. But uh, you can get the links to the AICP, to the 2015 pass rates as well as the 2006 through 2015 pass rate comparison below this video. If you're watching this on YouTube, just click the link in the description. If you're watching this on another 71, it's right below the video. And if you are listening to a podcast, you have nothing to click. You can go to my site and see it. Okay, and one other thing about the score release, and there's no indication that this will change, but uh, the scores have been coming out at 1 a.m. Eastern. Why they do that, I really don't know. I think the original intent was that they thought people would just forget about it and go to sleep and then wake up and their scores would be there. But um, clearly they don't read another 71 enough because people, it doesn't matter. If you tell them it's coming out at 3 a.m., 3 a.m., people will be on the site hitting refresh at 3 a.m. So you might as well make it 7 p.m., 10 p.m., whatever. The server load is going to be consistent regardless, so let's just... Let the poor people sleep or get some rest. <laughs> 2016 CPA exam changes. I'm going to go through this pretty quickly, pretty high level overview. Um, basically for BEC, there were not any substantial changes, anything that you need to worry about. BEC is good to go. Auditing. The big changes happened in July of 2015 with um, SARS-21. So if you have July uh, 2015 updates for your auditing course, you're good to go. Regulation, the big changes for regulation happen mid-year. So, um, so 2015 tax law has been tested from July 1st, 2015 through June 30th, 2016. June is obviously a dead month, so it's through May 31st, 2016. I hope I said that right. June 30th, 2016. So basically, the 2016 tax law will begin to be tested July 1st of 2016. So, uh, long story short, if your regulation materials are updated as of July 2015, you're good to go. FAR. FAR was kind of a bear this time around. And as someone who has to um, do all the exam changes themselves, um, it was quite an ordeal. I'm glad I started in November so that I got it out before Christmas. But the reason why FAR was kind of a bear this time around was because um, one of the things that the FASB did was they did away with the extraordinary items classification. So they actually did that a while back. But it's just now CPA exam testable. And so um, now any unusual or infrequent items, they either go on the income statement above, above income from continuing ops, or they go in the footnotes. So you have two ways that you can do it there. Um, one other little note is that they are no longer shown net of tax. And so when you pull out extraordinary extraordinary items, it, like any multiple, I mean, just think of all the 
multiple choice questions that had extraordinary items in them, any, like all of the example financial statements, like they all had to be redone. But, um, so anyway, but it's all, it's all done now. And it was done before Christmas. And um, also bond issuance costs. So before um, you would, the bond issuance costs would go on the balance sheet. And that is no longer the case. The bond issuance costs uh, reduce the bond carrying value. So that is a change going concern. So if management decides that there is substantial doubt that the entity will continue as a going concern within 12 months of the financial statement issuance date, uh, they have to issue some some disclosures. So option A is, yeah, there's a problem, but we have a plan. We think it's going to work. Here's the problem. Here's our plan. Here's why we think it's going to work. Here's our disclosures. Or, yeah, uh, there's a there's a problem. We have a plan. We don't think it's going to work. Here's why it's not going to work. Here's the problem. And here's our disclosures. So those are now the two options if... There is substantial doubt about an entity's ability to continue as a going concern. What else? Oh, um, governmental accounting. Governmental accounting had some some stuff added to it. Uh, fair value measurements for investments and liabilities. So there's some stuff in there. Um, also, the way that you measure donated items are in there. Uh, there's also now a gap hierarchy for state and local governments. And basically, um, there's there's two types, authoritative and non-authoritative, kind of like regular, regular accounting. So you need to know that. Um, if your materials for BEC auditing and regulation are updated as of July 2015, you should be good to go. Now, if you're, if you have far materials, you need to have the 2016 version, uh, either of your materials or um, if you want some um, amazing materials that don't cost the price of a really nice cruise, then you can get some Ninja materials. There's free downloads on the site, some free demos as well. All right end of that marketing message, but many more marketing messages to come, I promise. Uh, let's jump into your questions. Um, okay, so backing up, I'm from Kansas. Um, I live on, I live out in the country and I'm not very cultured. And so if you have a foreign sounding name, chances are more likely than not that I'm going to butcher it. So I apologize in advance. <laughs> Which is, which is actually one of my pet peeves, people who either apologize in advance or thank someone in advance. But anyway, like when someone says, hey, I need, give me some advice, TIA, thanks in advance. It's like one of my little pet peeves. But I apologize in advance. Rashid says, I intend to appear for FAR reg and auditing in the third quarter of 2016. If I buy the Ninja books now, would they include all of the relevant updates and amendments? The short answer is no, because there will be some July updates, especially for regulation. 
But the good news is that Ninja Materials come with free updates until you pass. So, so you can buy it now or buy it later. If you're not going to study until third quarter, you might as well wait. Stella writes in, I have only one exam left, which is auditing. I bought your multiple choice questions to practice. My earliest credit that I will lose is FAR, and I will lose it February 24th, 2016. If I plan to take my last exam on or before February 14th, will that be risky? Please advise. No, it won't be risky, and the reason why she's asking about February 14th is because that's the cutoff for the scores, for like the... Uh, is that the first or second score release? But that's kind of irrelevant for you because you just have to take the exam um, before your expiration. It doesn't matter when you get your score. So you can take your exam up and up through, I'd say February 20th because you want to give yourself some leeway in case you get the flu or something. Ezra writes in, I know the hours at the big four are crazy this time of year. Therefore, I'm nervous that I'm not going to be able to take my exams once I begin. Do you have any advice on how I could, on how I can manage to take this exam before the end of this testing window? Also, I studied about 50% of the material already throughout my semester. He's a student. So it's not like I'm starting from scratch. I don't really want to miss another window. I promised myself I would take these exams as soon as I finish school. Any advice is greatly appreciated. Okay, so how do you get it done this testing window? Mm. Well, okay, backing up. You're 50% of the way through your material already throughout the semester. I'm not sure that's relevant because like, if you studied and then took a break, I would just start over um, because there's, there is a significant short-term memory component to studying for the CPA exam. So if you studied two months ago, so it's why I tell people, hey, I scored a 74 on regulation. Um, what should I cram in order to take my exam and pass? And I, and I tell them not to because on the day that you took your exam, you, you were at a 74. Now you're not. If you rolled in there and took an exam today, you'd probably score a 68. So you really need to start over and don't cut any corners. So I would tell you the same thing, start over. And so um, you already have one section passed. So how do you get it out of the way of this testing window? Well, you can take an exam like late January, early February, and then take another one late February. It's going to be, it's going to be pretty tight, but you're a student and you're used to doing crazy things like studying all the time so you can do it um, I'm assuming that you're not working full-time right now um, it's not going to be fun and you're going to have to give up some social activities but um, it's either give them up now or give them up later when you're working full-time and then take take your next one early April so that might here's the bottom line people in big four take the CPA exam all the time while they're working and during busy season and so it's not the end of the world, and if it happens, you're you're normal, so you'll be okay. But it is doable. You might have to take an exam late or early April, but 
um, I would try to knock two more out and I would start over on whatever section it was that you were 50% of the way through. Meg writes in, I hope you had a great holiday. Um, I did, Meg, thank you. Um, when you have seven kids and um, multiple family get-togethers, <laughs> you're ready for January 2nd, I'll tell you that. No, it was good. Um, it's always sad when you throw the Christmas tree out, though. I had a quick question because my wife insists on getting a real one for whatever reason. I was wondering which materials, whether the ninja notes or the ninja homework questions, would be more beneficial for me studying. I'm currently using Becker right now, and I have almost completely, completely all, completely finished all of the homework questions. I just passed audit and have previously taken BEC and got a 60, then a 70. I feel a little weaker in chapter two. Is there anything in particular that would help me in the variance analysis section in the IT fundamentals appendix area with all the definitions? Um, the ninja notes are great for a for like a review, like a cram. If you really want to dig into the material, you would probably want to get Ninja Book and Ninja MTQ. And if you could only buy one, one material or one, one um, product, it would be Ninja MCQ. And, um, and just hammer those practice questions. And so covering um, variance analysis and IT. I think Ninja Notes is pretty good about um, covering just about what you need to know for IT. Because IT is not conceptual. IT is just a bunch of stuff that's... Um, Oddly enough, it's a lot of it's antiquated terminology, but you have to know it anyway because you have to pass the exam and then forget it. So Ninja Notes, I think, does a really good job. I'm biased, obviously, of cramming a bunch of that stuff in your head so you can barf it out on exam day and then forget it. Um, and so I would get Ninja MCQ and Ninja Book if you really want to dig in and learn the material, if you want to review Ninja Notes, or you can just get the whole 10-point combo. <laughs> that might be a good option, too. But definitely Ninja MTQ at a minimum. Eric writes in, Hi Jeff, first I want to thank you for your Ninja MTQ questions, which helped me pass, pass my last two sections, BEC and FAR. Now that I am done with passing the CPA exam, I'm in the process of doing the procedures necessary to apply for my CPA license. My question is that does it matter which state I apply for for my license if I only plan to work in industry and not at a CPA firm as a tax accountant and not planning to sign off on financial statements. The reason, I'm, the reason why I'm asking this is I'm currently working in Texas, but I noticed some of the requirements for the license in the state are more stringent than in another state such as Arizona or Michigan. As a result, I'm considering applying for the license in another state outside of the state I'm working. Please advise. Thank you. Well, <clears throat> Eric, if you're going to work in industry, um, okay. So why would someone want to be licensed if they are going to work in industry? Well, for one thing, um, it can be a career hedge just to keep your license active in case you want to jump into public accounting. You already have your license. If you don't ever, ever, ever see that as a possibility, 
then there's really no point in getting the license because number one, um, CPE is horrible. It's boring. It's expensive. It you'll want to poke your eyes out with an ice pick. <clears throat> okay, so there's that. But okay, so you don't really want to be the guy in your company putting comma CPA after their name and and in uh, when you send uh, intra company emails. I guess you could, but it's like, hey, look at me. I'm, I work in um, whatever, <laughs> something that's unrelated to accounting, but I'm putting CPA. You can do that. No one really cares. Um, you know, if you want to, you can hang your CPA certificate in your cube or in your office or whatever, and people will think, oh, that's cool. You passed the CPA exam. That means you're good at math. Um, because you can't send external emails so like you can't email a vendor with your name come with eric comma cpa um unless you're licensed in that in your state so or unless you know you're in um whatever you're in texas so uh eric comma cpa and you put in parentheses michigan but you're emailing a texas client that doesn't really make sense so um maybe it's not like maybe it's not worth getting the getting the license and keeping the license. I mean, I don't know. Um, I would get licensed in the state that you want to work in. Or if you plan on like moving, I would get licensed in the most stringent state possible. So if, if you plan on moving to Arizona and um, then I would, then I would, I would check into reciprocity. <laughs> So, um, this, so I don't want to make this question drag out. Um, number one, why do you want to be licensed? Because if it's just to put it in your work email, I wouldn't do that. It's, it's a lot of money and a lot of boring hours about stuff you don't care about anymore. And it probably isn't relevant to what you do anyway. Um, because you can get CPE over farm tax returns, but you work for a publicly traded electric utility and you work in um, a regulatory environment. And guess what? You haven't you don't ever plan on filling out a schedule F ever. And, um, so why do you want to be licensed? And, and then you want to, some of the reciprocity stuff is a little tricky and I'm going to punt and I, I'm going to tell you to call your state, like whatever state you want to be licensed in, call them and talk to them about it. So that way it, um, because ultimately they know, but hopefully I gave you some things to think about. Ryan says, I'm currently eligible to take the CPA exam, so I'm in the market for a review course. Marketing alert. Can I pass the exam using your 10-point combo without purchasing a review course from someone else? Yes, you can. Ninja is comprehensive enough to be used as a complete course. Ninja Book, Ninja MCQ are very thorough. And then uh, Ninja offers stuff that other courses don't offer in their base package, like the audio, the notes, flashcards. Um, and it's flexible enough to be used in, in conjunction with any course. So a lot of people will buy their crazy expensive course and then buy the 10 point combo and use them together and, um, it works great. So, but yes, you can use it to only study for the CPA exam. There's someone in, um, the forum and it's, it's happening more and more and they, um, they passed using 
um, only the book and MCQ and scored a 93 on auditing. Uh, their results are <coughs> their results are probably not typical, but it did happen. Melissa writes in. Can you please clarify how your program works? Is it designed to be a supplement or to be used with another, with another program like Becker, or can it be used as a standalone program? I took the CPA exam many, many years ago when you would go and sit for two days in a closed room. Although I came close, I obviously did not pass and have since had three children. I, I am exploring the possibility of trying again. This, is only, this has always been one of my goals. I just need the courage to give it another try. Melissa, the first thing I would do is read, download my CPA exam survival guide. And I talk a little bit about that. And um, there's there's quite a few people in your boat who are non-traditional candidates. So they they sat for a long they sat for it a long time ago in the paper and paper and pencil days. And um, they want to give it another try. Uh, yes, like I just said, uh, Ninja materials are, they are comprehensive enough and I think they're great to use as a standalone product. Obviously I'm biased, of course. Uh, the bigger question is, does it match your learning style? So I would download the Ninja demos and I would check out maybe two or three other courses. Um, some of the other crazy expensive courses, I would check out their videos too. Maybe you feel more comfortable. See, I don't, I don't do, um, like video lecturing right now, so, and I don't know that I ever will, but um, you might feel more comfortable with that. So I would check out other courses demos. And you know what I would do? I would go to the another71.com form in the upper right-hand corner, search for your re review course that you're thinking about, and there's probably hundreds or thousands of posts about that review course. Because <sighs> the forum's been around since 2009, and there's like half a million posts in there, so making it the number one and most visited CPA exam related site on the planet. <laughs> I'm not sure why I used that voice. It was, it was obnoxious. Josh says, hey Jeff, I love all of your stuff and I've been preparing tirelessly to get started studying in your ninja framework. I understand first comes nail the concepts. Okay, read, watch the videos and read intense notes. Then the N is nonstop MCQs. Okay, but what's the timeline for the NIN. Okay, nail the concepts, intense notes, and nonstop MCQ. Probably a month. So, two weeks to get through your notes or your book, week and a half to get through your multiple choice questions and take notes, and then a week or so to rewrite, to, uh, no. I did that wrong. So yeah, probably a month. So two weeks to get through your your book, your videos, whatever it may be. If you're using the 10 point combo, two weeks to get through the ninja book, taking notes. If you're watching your videos, two weeks to get through your videos, give or take. I mean, could take a week and a half. Could take a week. But, and taking intense notes along the way. And then a week and a half to two weeks to get through your multiple choice questions taking intense notes, then you have your crazy awesome set of notes and then you rewrite them, spend a week doing that. So um, in your seven to eight week study regimen for an exam, NIN of the NINJA for Ninja takes about 
takes over a little bit over half of that. Ahmed writes in, my name is Ahmed, and I really enjoy your website and tweets. I just started studying for um, for auditing, and I'm kind of indecisive when it comes to A, using old materials, and B, which materials I should use. I'm currently using 2011 Becker. That is a mistake. Um, I would not, okay. You can probably get away with using old BEC materials. It's not a best practice, but you're probably not going to hell either <laughs> if you do it. Um, so if you have a 2014 BEC of whatever, whatever course, probably get away with BEC. The rest of them, I wouldn't do it. I would use July 2015 updates and later because the reason for that is like the FASB is issuing like... So you have FASB and the IASB, and so they're they're moving towards convergence and making FASB less and less different, making the FASB, FASB standards of the codification less and less different than IFRS. So, um, so anyway, I would. I would use July 2015 materials or later. So that to, those 2011 materials, um, I don't know where you live, but if you have a fireplace or if you can have a bonfire, I would take those materials and use it as great kindling for your next bonfire or fireplace. Here in Kansas, it's like negative two today, so um, which is why I have a T-shirt on. <laughs> okay, so. Subsequently, I started a fire. Um, so, yes, you can. Okay, so a don't do, don't use old materials, and b which materials you should use. Um, again, I'm very biased. I think Ninja materials are amazing, <laughs> but you might disagree. So check out the demos. Also, go to to the another seven one dot com forum and search for every review course you're considering, you'll see people post um, a lot of pros and some cons about each course probably. Susan writes in, I'm taking the audit part recently. The trending With a trending score, so she's using Ninja MCQ, of 72 or 73. However, my actual grade on the exam was a little below a 50. Why is there such a big difference. I've done tons of hours. Well, um, the trending score in Ninja, in Ninja MCQ is not perfect and it is a system that can be gamed easily. And by simply just doing so many questions over and over and over that you, um, that, that you memorize the answers and, and are getting them right. And so, you know, you're trending towards a 72 or 73 is still a failing score, but, and so, but, you know, you're, you're trending towards a 72 or 73, so you, <clears throat> maybe you expected to get maybe a 70 or like a 65 to a 75, somewhere in there. Why a 50? Uh, my guess is that you are starting to answer, to memorize answers. And uh, like, for instance, 
there have been people who have done thousands and thousands and thousands of questions in Ninja MCQ over one topic, over one exam section, and had a 100% trending score and failed. And it's for that very reason. So I make sure that you, when you do, okay, so when you see a question and if you don't know the answer, but you're guessing or you're memorizing the answer, then you might want to use the question mark, which marks it as a guess, which which gives you the answer, and but still marks it incorrect. But uh, I would watch out for memorizing your your questions because you're not learning the concepts, you're just memorizing the answers. And so that is dangerous. Your average score, um, so if your trending score is like 80, and your average score is 65. So your average score takes into account every question that you've done since the beginning. Your training score takes into account the questions that are more recent and also takes into account the content specification outline weights. And so I would, I would um, be wary of a low average score if your training score is high. Final question, Jafar says, Hi Jeff, I've been out of school for 10 years. I forgot pretty much everything I learned. Is CPA Ninja right for me? Uh, for someone who wants to start from scratch again, last summer I studied very hard for BEC using Becker and got a 64. Your honest response would be very much appreciated. Um, well, the question is, is it comprehensive and complete enough to be used as a standalone course? Yes, is it right for you? I hope so, but it, <clears throat> um, again, you want to check out the demos, so you can go to another71.com and you'll see the free, the free demos. <clears throat> um, it's actually $162 worth of free materials, and how I arrived at that was I took the price of the full combo, and um, each product has eight chapters or eight sections, give or take, and you get a free full chapter of each Ninja product. Uh, for all four exams. So that's how I arrived at that math. So it's actually free materials that are actually worth something. Um, if nothing else, add a point or two on exam day. But check out the Ninja demos and um, um, they might they might not be right for you if you, <clears throat> see Ninja MCQ or Ninja book, It's um, it was created so that you don't need a two or $3,000 course to open the book and tell you what's in the book and tell you what not to read and what to read. Instead, if it's in there, you need to read it, and um, you're smart enough, um, you can read it yourself, and it has everything that doesn't need to be in there stripped out, versus taking a book that's like a phone book and paying a $2,000 or $3,000 course to tell you what you should not pay attention to. So, Ninja Materials might be right for you. All right. If you want to submit a question to the podcast, go to another71.com, click in the upper right-hand corner, click Ask Jeff, and um, <clears throat> I say this every quarter, and then a quarter later, um, I do my next podcast. I swear I'm going to do it weekly, I promise. <laughs> if you send in questions, I will have no choice but to do that. Um, so submit your questions to Ask Jeff, and it will appear in a future edition of CPA Reviewed, hopefully a very... Um, a a very hopefully it will happen very soon so that <clears throat> the information for you is relevant and timely um, you can also hit me up on Facebook another 70 
facebook.com slash another 71. There's like 41,000 of you now. So that's pretty awesome. Or also the another 71.com forum. Um, thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. Thank you um, for putting it up with my tangents. As always, be good, take care, and I will talk to you soon. Yeah, it ain't easy now, but it'll be harder soon. 2017's right around the corner, dude. Don't wait until it's too late, that ain't cool. Listen to my rhymes and you could be a ninja too. This new exam, yeah, it's bound to stress you out, man. That's why I'm here and I'm warning you now, man. It's gonna be more advanced, no doubt, yeah. So the exam, you better take the thing now, man. Higher order cognitive skills, oh no. The four existing sections got my mind blown. The new blueprints, they make it really scare me. That's why I'm taking my exam, it's 2016. Task-based simulations, they got them planned. Added to the PEC section, oh man. Total test time will increase by two hours. 16 hours, man, it sounds kind of sour. It's gonna change, yeah, man, it's gonna change In 2017, it ain't gonna be the same You better take it now and become a CPA Cause in a little while, things are really gonna change Yeah, it's gonna change, yeah, man, it's gonna change In 2017, it ain't gonna be the same You better take it now and become a CPA Cause in a little while, things are really gonna change The way yeah. they test your skill level's gonna be changed And get ready for analysis and evaluation Remembering and understanding and application This 2017 exam is so bad tasting No more CSOs, now they got blueprints Trying to keep things fresh just like a new man But see, I don't want change, I don't wanna do this 2016's off of me, I'm so cool with it And now they got document review Simulation, testing, application, analysis, and evaluation. Increased time allocation, scoring weights changing. And $20 more to take the test up straight. Hating. It's gonna change, yeah, man, it's gonna change. In 2017, it ain't gonna be the same. You better take it now and become a CPA. Cause in a little while, things are really gonna change. Yeah, it's gonna change, yeah, man, it's gonna change. In 2017, it ain't gonna be the same. You better take it now and become a CPA. Cause in a little while, things are really gonna change. Yeah. Go to another71.com and join our CPA exam forum and study groups. It's the largest CPA exam community on the planet.